And welcome back again, ladies and gentlemen, to another exciting, long-anticipated, wondrous episode of the Lost Podcast of Titan, a father and son journey to the sci-fi series that we hoped united our generations. But oh my God, <laughs> ladies and gentlemen, I hate to say this, Star Trek might actually suck. Oh, no. This, well, it is it is uniting our generations, but just not in the way I think we initially hoped. Like This is, this is like reading uh, Lord of the Rings. Uh, yep. which, ladies and gentlemen, the Lord of the Rings also sucks. As well, uh, don't even try, do not even try. I know Tolkien, it's an automatic reflex. Tolkien was he just he just wanted it was fan fiction for his custom language, and I'm sorry in book one where Strider air quote Strider. Uh, they were, he was with the hobbits and the door and like, there was the fellowship and they were doing something. He hands something to one of the hobbits and, uh, Legolas and Gimli of, uh, are struck and in awe by how majestic he did the act. And even Gandalf <laughs> has to shield his eyes from the glory. I'm like, Oh my God. You mean oh. like when they when they reach the Argonath and uh, he says, "Behold the Argonath," and Frodo turns in the boat to look at him, and you know, and you know, Aragorn appears, or Strider appears to have transformed. He's become more majestic and uh, awe-inspiring and stuff like that. Pretty much, yeah, 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 yeah. It was just it it wasn't good. Just could not. Uh, it. He came up with the first good idea, much like Gene Roddenberry, <laughs> and it has been done much better since, much like Gene Roddenberry. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, I do. Re in fact, I need to been considering rereading the whole uh, Lord of the Rings series, and I can just sort of skim over the problematic bits and focus on the story. Wait, what, what are there parts in there that are non-problematic? Uh, I pretty much like the narrative flow and stuff like that. What do you mean narrative flow? It's a stagnant pond. <laughs> there is no flow. Welcome to our Star well, Trek listen, episode, ladies and gentlemen. Yeah. <laughs> Believe me, you'll appreciate us talking about We're this. We're really looking forward to this episode, <laughs> ladies and gentlemen. Just back no, to Tolkien. <laughs> but one of my favorite, there are some books that I, you know, really like certain chapters in them better than the whole story. Mm -hmm. uh, the scene in, the, in Ian Fleming's novel Moonraker, which deals with the the gaming club that uh, M and Bond go to. Mm -hmm. That's that describes it. I just love that. Ian Fleming has such a gift for description. And in The Lord of the Rings, in the first volume, The Council of Elrond is one of my absolute favorite chapters. Mm. I love how um, the whole business of everything that happened up to now, including The Hobbit, is tied together. And it just gets a lot of plot strings. You know, all the ducks are in a row. I love that chapter. Well, I guess it's kind of like how uh, George R. R. Martin always makes me hungry whenever he's describing food. Yes, him and Francis Ford Coppola 
Francis Ford Coppola is the uh, biggest food porn creator in the world, in my opinion. Also, uh, Hemingway. Hemingway as well. Okay. But, uh, okay, yeah, so ladies and gentlemen of Star Trek. So, yeah. <laughs> you may have noticed we are really not eager to uh, move forward with this. We are in season three. We are going to watch And the Children Shall Lead. The Enterprise reaches a Federation colony where the adults have all killed each other, but the children play without care. This sounds fan-fucking-tastic. Well, Uh, it has been universally credited as being the absolute worst Star Trek episode ever made. Wait, what? Worse than the alternative factor? Worse than Bread and Circuses? That's how the poll's been going. Well, maybe it's more of, like, uh, maybe... Hmm. Maybe the acting saves it. Or I don't know. Oh no, 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 no. I mean, the acting saves the Omega Glory and the uh, Bread Circuses. Oh, okay. But, but anyway, uh, this episode does have maybe the most ghoulish death scene I have ever seen in a Star Trek episode. Oh, and I'll point and I'll point it out when we get to it because it may not be immediately evident. Ooh, your discretion advised. Okay. Yeah, I mean, it, the, the thinking about the scene always left me with a chill. Anyway, go ahead, put us on pause for a minute. Come back to us when you have the episode pulled up on your favorite physical media or streaming service. And welcome back. We'll go ahead and get the show started in three, two, one, play. Dun, 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 dun. What's that little bubble on the bottom of the saucer? Uh, that uh, is where the phaser beams come out of. Oh, that's right. You're right. I should have known that. God, imagine. Well, it's nice how everyone died in the same place. Imagine, you know, being the extra. You come in. Oh, hey, I get to be on Star Trek. Hey, isn't it that shitty sci-fi series? And you're like, yeah, but I might be able to act. Nope. <laughs> Quick, put on this Technicolor unitard and just lay here on the dirt. I wonder how much they got paid. Wait, the guy over on the far... Okay, he is supposed to move. All oh, right. <laughs> you thought, thought it was a mistake? <laughs> it's me. It's Cook. Grr. I wonder how much they got paid to just lie on the ground. Say it. Oh, son of a bitch. <laughs> Is this like uh, the beam me up, Scotty? Has it never actually happened in Star Trek? Or he said it only once? <laughs> no, I've heard him say he's dead, Jim. I know. Not automatically. Yeah. Ugh. Now, what if that was like aerosol poison that you just took a big whiff of? Thank you. Well, that would explain why they're all in one place. Pretty much, yeah.
I'm your daddy now. Smack. <laughs> also, I, I guess he's he has to be wearing a girdle because you know this is already season three, but I can't tell. Any of you at any audience who knows the answer to that, contact us at Lost Podcast of Type. I thought it was I thought it was already like yes, he was wearing a girdle, but I can't tell. So it's like good good job, I guess. Hold on. William Shatner Girdle. Oh, Lord. What? This is... Hey, the children no, no, shall lead. Come on now. Lead, yeah. <laughs> Shatner Girdle. Oh, wait. Oh, wait. Maybe he didn't. Hold on. Well, he was constantly working out, trying to keep the pounds down. Uh, no, he did not. Oh. Well, a big mea culpa to Mr. Shatner out there. Or now it's saying that sometimes he wore a wrap, which isn't the same thing. I don't know. No. Whatever. Children shall lead. Hooray, ladies and gentlemen. They actually spent time to bury these guys? Well, they couldn't just leave the bodies just lying there. I mean, they could have just, you know, beamed them into the earth or or do the space funeral. True. Something's not right with these kids. I don't rec- I don't remember this episode at all. Was this like, did you refuse to record this? <laughs> uh, no. But it's not an episode I uh, went to watch on a on an uh, incredible basis. <clears throat> Spock, why are we keeping you with us? On top of that, what do you fucking know about kids? Not until the what? Hold on. The fabric, the fabric of the traumatic experience. I, I understand, but I've I've taken uh, child developmental psychology, uh, or let me let me be perfectly blunt. I took it as a single course in the trying and intent to be a nurse. This is kind of bullshit. Was this something that was back then? I'm not certain if they did any extensive uh, psychological research. Also, that's a shitty flag. That's the symbol of the Federation. No, it's not. Swine. <laughs> oh, wait. No, I'm thinking of Starfleet, aren't I? Yeah, I'm thinking of Starfleet. 
Is that the only time we ever see the, the flag of the United Federation of Planets? That's the only time it was used in the original Star Trek. I mean, like, ever. Like, I mean, I don't oh. recall it being in Next Generation or Deep Space Nine or Voyager. Well, nothing is uh, coming up in my memory. Well, why isn't and it plastered on the sides of the ship? Because it's a Starfleet vessel. Now, I, I, I Which do is a member of? Of the United Federation of Planets. Now, I do understand that naval vessels <clears throat> uh, usually carry the flag of their country on them. But uh, it's neither here nor there. You're still reaching, Spock. Really? Well, no, it's got kids right over there. Yeah. I vote we, you know, put them in uh, a playpen at attention and just leave the planet. <laughs> Well, how fucking convenient that it's the cave right there. Yeah, uh, the colonists show up and say, hey, let's just set up camp next to that mysterious cave with the obvious human-shaped opening. I, I think someone's been in here, folks. Look behind you. Well, then get the fuck out of the cave. Send in a robot probe. Maybe he's secretly claustrophobic and we didn't know about it till now. Wouldn't that exert itself on the ship? Considering he's just floating in a tin can in the merciless void? Maybe he's trained himself not to think about that. Oh, I think about it all the time. <laughs> oh. The cave. Remember the cave. That was a bullshit lesson, by the way. I'm sorry. Well, like, well, yeah. Yoda, I mean... <sighs> so Yoda, Yoda wanted, to, wanted to, to express to Luke, you, you have the possibility, the potential, to become like your father. Or to become like Vader, because he didn't know that that was his father at the time. And... <sighs> Like, yeah, what is, uh, what is Luke I mean, supposed the, to think? The test got all this big buildup, and then uh, it arrived, and I thought, yawn.
Well, she gives you a white coated card. What did you think you were going to end up with? Wait, what? Oh. Yeah. Chocolate, wobble, peach, and uh, I forgot what the middle one was. Tasha. Let's sigh. Well, Doctor, I like to report the ice cream test didn't work. What if the kids had already died and these are all doppelgangers? Ooh. Do we have, like, do we have that plot in Star Trek anywhere? No. Uh, That's weird. Do you think that, that, that would... Down. You think that would be a, I mean, we have our salt vampire, but I mean, as a serious sort of, uh, you know, colonists die out, Federation comes to investigate, you know, there was the SOS, help, help, help. Starship arrives, colony's still there. They're like, no, everything's fine. Don't worry about it. Nothing happened. To a shithole planet? No. <laughs> and also, also, so this was the starting of a colony, right? Yeah. Let, let well, it... no, actually, it was stated. Let's be accurate. It was actually stated to be a scientific expedition. Okay. All right. That, that's that's fine. Like I was about to say, this is this was a colony. They need more, you know, genetic material than they can be provided from, what was it, five families? Yeah. And and I say this when we basically came from five families during the Ice Age, so, you know. All right, fuck it, set phasers to kill. Really? Now we know what drove the parents to suicide. <laughs> <laughs> also, the redhead has no soul. Just kidding for all my ginger friends. <laughs> You're the biggest one, so I'm going to beat the crap out of you. <laughs> assert my dominance. Pow, pow. Also, he looks familiar. Was he? Is he like a common child actor or something? Common you usually have a actor. list of... And this is the famous so-and-so who was in such-and-such.
Uh, actually, nothing. Really? This was okay. Oh well, no, I take it back. He did become a musician, and he did some music for some of the soundtracks of Star Trek. Yeah, the Star Trek movies. Really? Yeah. Okay, that's kind of cool. Nothing about French horns. No, no. I mean, only only the the magnificent brilliance <laughs> of uh, Jam- of Warner. Oh no, Horner. Sorry, Horner could uh could pull off the magnificence of the French horns. Which I mean, it was in his name. I mean, if you're going to have someone who can really you know wail on the horns, it has to be uh, Horner. Now the person to have paid attention to was the little blonde girl Mary. Yeah. Oh no. She's. Yeah. She's played by Pamela, or she was played by Pamela Ferdin, who did quite a number of Disney movies and stuff. She did a uh, Clint Eastwood film. She appeared in the CBS series Space Academy. And she was also the voice of Lucy in in uh, later Peanuts specials. Oh. In fact, she did a lot of uh, voice work for Hanna-Barbera. Uh, cartoons. So this is Children of the Corn, basically. Yeah, that's pretty good, yeah. The fuck is this? That's the villain. That's the monster. Like this is the Okay, all right, all right. All right. Let me let me be perfectly clear. As much issues as I sometimes had as I'm sure all children have with their parents being young and being told what to do, not understanding why you're being told to do what to do. It would take more then a glowing green man being like, hey, you know, what if we just killed everyone and then no one would tell you what to do? Well, like, I'm personally glad. You like, but how shitty were way. these parents where, I mean, he's he's not exerting mental control over them that I can see. He's just being like, hey, wouldn't it be kind of cool? Don't you want to kill your parents? Oh, and our uh, evil visitor. Yeah. That was played by Melvin Belly, who oh. was a criminal and defense personal injury lawyer, among other things. He uh, defended Jack Ruby, the man who killed Lee uh, Harvey Oswald. He was also the defense attorney for Mick Jagger and the Rolling Stones. As one and is supposed to be. And uh, they hired one of his sons was a extra on board Star Trek. 
And so it was considered, this would be neat if uh, we had him on the show as a villain or something. And that is the only reason he got uh, that role. Somebody thought it'd be clever to have Melvin Belly as an alien menace. Mm-hmm. And they wanted to get some free, uh, what do you call it? Uh, shit. Free legal advice. That's it. <laughs> if his son, quick, quick, if his son is on the show, he'll have to protect it. The fuck is this? Oh, great. Okay, all right. And the security guard didn't notice this shit? Apparently not. And besides the star, also, what's going to happen when they get to the star base? Like, I mean, they'll send them to a, a bigger colony, unless they are imprisoned on uh, being a, on a star base or being, you know, annoying little shits. <laughs> now he's going to make the jerk off motion and make Sulu go to Marcus Twelve. Actually, I believe you're right. Uh, of course. <laughs> The security guard is right there watching. Okay, now, pay attention. Okay. The Enterprise is leaving the orbit of the planet. And we're going to have another scene in a few moments where they're going to still be in orbit? Uh, no. But oh, okay. Just keep that fact in mind. Okay. Wait, what? Okay. Yeah, they felt a need to hammer that in, but you know, keep uh uh watching. Well, this is weird. My headache is going away. Well, so far as, as, you know, child actors, 
Those two aren't bad. No. Dun. 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 Holy shit. Boom. This is just engineering things. They always have a a scuffle. <laughs> oh. Stay away. Ta-da! The thing is, the inherent premise is good. It's just very poorly executed. It kind of reminds me of uh, Village of the Damned. That too, yeah. Like, this is Village of the Damned. This is Children of the Corn, which are, <laughs> you know, horrifying stories and uh, have been have many examples of being done well several times. Yes. Actually, wait, no. I think one of the sequels to Children of the Corn actually showed he who walks behind the rose and it was, you know, fucking silly, but you're not yeah, supposed I know. to do that. You, you're not, yeah, that was a big mistake. And also, eventually, what's what's the end game? Like, the they're going to have a, a hor- an army of kids trying to rampage across the galaxy. Well, kids being empowered by a central alien. Rest assured, the captain of the SS Cynical Bastard does not give a shit. <laughs> 
Sir, you they are making jack-off motions. Well, I mean, photon torpedoes. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> they're making jack-off motions? Well, let's see. How old were those boys? <laughs> let's just send a maintenance crew to clean up the floor. Don't need to clean up a floor if you vaporize it. Very good. Put it together, Spock. The cave. Remember, Remember the, the cave. cave. Also, can I say how fucking bullshit it was that Padme died from a broken heart? Yeah. Like, like what? What did Angelina Port? Wait, hold on. What did what did yeah, Natalie, uh, Portman, Natalie, Natalie Portman? What did Natalie Portman, you know, think of when she actually got that script? Like, what the fuck is this? <laughs> a broken heart, really? Yeah, now pay attention. All right. Wait a minute. There. Wait. Hold on. They've moved away from the planet. Yeah. Be- beat them down where? Into wait. empty space. Wait a minute. No. We are moving. Yeah, see, this is this just freaks Mm -mm. me out. Nope, 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 nope. Being materializing in empty space. Also, they. They wouldn't check. Like, I would imagine the transporter would have had, you know, some sort of sensor on it. They would, you would feel that they have to have have a definite lock on where they were going to beam the crewman to. <laughs> Checking the time. No, it this thing fucking decided to try and update. 
Oh. Punch. What the fuck? Be little shits. <laughs> Whoa. That's actually some good makeup. Yes. It almost made me think of the salt vampire. That too. But also like it, it it's like it's a it's difficult to make her look hideous. Yeah. Like, imagine the makeup artists are like, how the fuck am I supposed to do this? Have you seen this woman? <laughs> Can't Kirk use the communicator board? Oh, th that would be him using the communicator. Can't you see all these swords, Captain? These really shitty drawn swords? This is the first time I've seen the uh, remastered version of this episode. I would have thought that the people handled the remastering could have come up with something more menacing. Oh, he doesn't say what's... Okay. Yeah, even Spock. Usually Spock is the uh, the god mode, you know, like you can't <laughs> twist my mind logically, I can say fuck you. This is sort of feels like a remake of Charlie X. Oh, you're right. Which in retrospect is looking better all the time. I know. Let's bring back Charlie. Charlie's a good guy. <laughs> He was our new darling. Oh, that would have been interesting if they can't contact Starfleet or anything else, but then Kirk thinks of a loophole and gets in contact with the aliens who uh, took Charlie away, and they deliver Charlie to the Enterprise so that Charlie can use his powers to uh, save the ship and therefore redeem himself. Oh, that would be so cool. Like, what if the, the people who... Uh... So this is, 
So the the enemy on Triacus was pushed back. What if they were pushed back by by those? Yeah, creatures. by those. Yeah. Oh. See, we're making a better episode on the fly. That's right. And we can have like it's a slightly older Charlie because it's been it's been a couple of years. Yeah. Uh, he can have the classic mind battle between the children. You know, there could be some uh some mental or battlefields Char- that sort of thing Kirk could be made yeah, Charlie like a- takes Charlie takes over some of the crew the kids take over some of the crew like uh Kirk and the and Spock and McCoy can like th- they're able to resist and they can fight on the mental landscape being helped by Charlie you know all that sort of thing and then eventually there's the you know Charlie's like look you can't do this Etc. Cetera, Etc. Cetera, you know, with great power comes great response. Yeah, this doesn't end well. I mean, we got we got Emmy Award gold right here. Hero right. awards too. And, and besides, the actor who was playing Charlie ain't doing shit. <laughs> well, he did appear in the sequel to The Blob, which was actually pretty good. That was the one in the night eighties, right? I believe so. Yeah. yeah. You thought it was good? I didn't. No, I was five. I, I think. No, I'm sorry. I tell a lie. You're thinking of the remake of The Blob. Oh, okay. Which right. was pretty good. Yeah, I did an article on that. Wait, but so there, there was, was a, a sequel? Yes. Uh, the Return of the Blob, or I believe it was. The M5 is back. Kill it. Kill it. That is one slow turbo lift. Holy shit, you're right. It's like... I mean, it usually doesn't take this long to... Also, uh, I wonder how they did the effect. Is it just like... A looping cloth that they have spinning behind a little pane of glass. Captain, I shall look into it. Uh, Wrong direction of the fist, kid. We've already established it's a jerk-off motion, not a what's-about-it-with-you motion. He He's ambidextrous. That's not what that means. Done. Done.
Also, there's like three kids. Where are the other two? They're uh, scattered throughout. I mean, one was in engineering, and yeah, that's yeah, that's the one we just saw. Shut up with your tripe, Spock. Get the phasers. Ooh, without without followers, evil kiddos. Fuck you. <laughs> evil spreads just fine with or without followers. Oh, hey. All in favor? Music in third season has kind of gone Shit. down in quality, too. You know who made it much better? Here we go. Horner. <laughs> With the French horns <laughs> going. Oh, he almost hit that guy on lying on the floor behind him. You mean Chekhov? No, uh, when Kirk threw that right, guy yes. over his shoulder. Chekhov, right there on the floor. Or he saw that it was Bester the entire time. <laughs> I have not been able to find any immediate information concerning the uh, indicator in the turbo lift. Oh, that's fine. I, I'm sure we'll, uh, we'll we'll realize that soon enough. Well, neither does the audience, but. Backhand.
Hold on. Are, are we trying to suggest that the words of the actual chant is what brings the Gorgon? And the vocal tonalities. Uh, actually, yes, that is what they're trying to suggest. And no, I don't really buy into the concept. But Like, how did they come up with the... Uh, with, how did they know what the words were? Open fire. Also, let's let's be fair. He's a lawyer who's not an actor. Yes. He's not doing bad at all. Look, but like look at the material he's been given. Maybe that is why he was such a success as a lawyer. Ooh, there's yeah, there's a thought, yeah. Such excitement. Such ex uh, exhilaration. Where are the iPads and the gaming consoles or whatever? Oh. Is that on my screen or is that... Oh, no, that was on the actual footage. Okay. Brian Tochi, the young Asiatic fellow, will also be appearing in Space Academy with Pamela and Ferdin. But was he actually working on music for Star Trek? No, he was actually acting. He didn't grow up to... Uh... I think he may have been on a Star Trek movie or TV series.
It wasn't until decades later that I learned that Sing Sao is actually the name of a popular uh, uh, Chinese beer. Okay, how, what brought this on? Uh, uh, the little one, Oriental one's uh, family name was Sing Sao. Oh, oh, I understand now. Okay, all right. And that couldn't have been just a happy coincidence. How exciting. What yeah. a what a what a twist. Surprising ending. I thought the Enterprise was doomed. I mean, I can barely contain myself here. Also, what was McCoy doing during all this? You fucking ghoul. <laughs> Crying children who just murdered all their parents. And you're like, oh, that's so nice. Yes, but see, now that they're all traumatized by what really happened, they can be cured. Oh, Jesus Christ. It's like in the Mad Magazine parody of The Exorcist. They, you know, take the little girl to the doctor and run all sorts of tests. And uh, they determine that we cannot, they tell uh, Megan's mother, we cannot really determine uh, through all these tests whether or not there's a demon inside her. Uh and she looks at, wait, some of these tests could give her cancer. And the doctor says, <laughs> yeah, but cancer we can treat. Oh, well, that's a, uh, that's a good point. Fair <laughs> enough. Well done. All right, ladies and gentlemen, that was fucking, uh, what do you call atrocious. it? Atrocious. That was atrocious, yes. Oh, God. <laughs> that was a bad... Up- now, the thing is, is I don't think it was worse than the alternative factor. Ah, okay. Well, actually, neither do I, but... I would only, it's like the alternative factor, I would only watch, if this was the only, if the only form of entertainment I had when deserted on a desert island was uh, a DVD of And the Children Shall Lead, I'd go find something else. I'd make little stick puppets and stuff out of fronds and uh, branches and make actors for a fake TV. Before I watch this, you just you're just not having any of it. I'm I'm not having any of it. I think, as we ourselves proved, I think that this we could have had a better uh, 
episode. Yeah, yeah, with with just a few minor changes as well. Like we don't need to get more sets. Uh, we just have to turn some of the dialogue, uh, change some of the direction, and you know, add a little bit more horror. And it wouldn't even you know bump up the budget because I understand the reason why they have a puff tent on their fucking planet is because they didn't have even the money for a, a quick slap together matte painting for their quote unquote scientific outpost. Yeah. Like I mean I'm sorry but f- from what I see uh being a scientist uh for Starfleet means you're either going to be, you know, on a ship, which is what you want, or you're going to be marooned <laughs> on the farthest edges of the galaxy and you might get checked in on once every 5 years. Yeah, and you have to live in whatever kind of cave you can find or something like that. Exactly. Like what kind of fucking bullshit is this? Well, actually, well, I do. I will argue that rather than being a tent, maybe it was just a simple dome-like structure. Well, I mean, it's the same. I mean, it didn't look like it was that I big, know. is what what I meant. Were we seeing the entire camp, though? Certainly, not everyone was going to fit into that little bubble. Well, I don't and know. I they didn't the, show it. And I would think that the families would want their own dwellings, individual dwellings, rather than everyone bunking. Down uh, in one place. No, this is this is the the fuck you Starfleet. You're gonna be marooned on this planet with a one tent. Make do. Here's a roll and a half of toilet paper and a and a, <laughs> a granola bar. Make it work. Oh, I would like to think that by that time period they would have found something better than toilet paper, but maybe not. So three seashells. Yeah. Okay. That. That's what I Or wait, oh wait, no wait, hold on, hold on, hold on. This is the Federation. They they don't they don't shit or piss. Oh, that's right. There's no bathrooms anywhere in Star Trek. And if they do shit it doesn't stink. That's right. One of the best lines ever fucking written concerning Star Trek was uh by Quark spoken to Garrick when uh, something was happening and he's basically serving Garrick root beer. Yes. That's, and that, and Garrick was like, one of my favorites. And it's like, it's vile. And Quark is like, yes, it's so bubbly. So happy sweet. and sweet. Just like the Federation. Like the Federation. I love but that. If you ke- it's scene. horrible. But if you keep drinking it, you begin to like it. It's insidious. Just <laughs> like the Federation. <laughs> And that's and that's especially good a line coming from Garrick. That was uh he could deliver it in that sort of voice. Yeah. Uh yeah, you're right. It's just like one of my favorite scenes in Next Generation is when a Guinan is introducing Worf to prune juice. A warrior's drink. Yeah. <laughs> I mean she she's not wrong. <laughs> like, you, you, you gotta have like a stomach to get some prune juice into you here. <laughs> Although, uh, the whole revelation between Guinan and... This is our original Star Trek uh, uh, podcast. <laughs> the whole thing with Guinan and Picard uh, that was hinted at was kind of a letdown when it was finally revealed. Like, uh, yeah. yeah. But I'm glad they didn't go ahead and explain everything. Like, we never have quite figured out what the relationship between Guinan and Q was. 
uh, that would take good writing, which was which was a <laughs> uh, very sparse supply in the next generation, at least for the first few seasons. Well, I think it would have spoiled because whatever explanation someone came up with uh, canonically would never have been as good as what the audience was imagining. Exactly. Uh, but anyway. It's best to leave some oh. things, you know, un, unwritten or unspoken. So what's your what's your verdict on this episode? What kind of grade are you going to give it? F. <laughs> it's, it's, Just it's like the F. alternative factor. It's an F, yeah. Although... Uh, I still, I might rather watch this than the alternative factor. At the very Ooh. least, I could tell you the plot of this episode. I could, I can't tell you the plot of the alternative factor to save my life. Yeah. But uh, let's see, what are we doing next week? Next uh, episode is there in truth no beauty the alien in a box episode. That's right. This is the uh, we don't have money for a uh, costume. Let's just put the end of, uh, alien in a box, which is a very smart thing to do. Yes, the idea of a creature whose appearance drives uh, practically all aliens that it encounters to madness. It's a it's a Lovecraft creature. Yeah, pretty much. But hopefully, uh, that episode will be better than this one. I don't think it could be. No, I don't. I remember it, and it's not nearly as bad as this. We shall hope. And uh, we will catch y'all then next time, ladies and gentlemen. And y'all behave and take care.